Hi, I'm Daniel Leakes, and welcome to Book 101. Book 101 is all about the books that I read for the last 40 years, and today I have my special guest. He is award-winning author war. No other than Mr. S. C. Garland. How are you? Thank you much for having me. Yes, I'm great like you, Mr. Garland. Can you please introduce yourself? Um, yes, most certainly, Daniel. Um, I'm S.C. Gowland, um, Steve Gowland. I'm a fantasy author based out of England in, in the UK. Um, I'm a, I've been a fantasy author for about five years now. I've, I've written five books, um, all based within the same universe. Um, and I'm, I'm very pleased to be able to speak to you today. Yes, and welcome. Thank you for your time. Mr. Golan, what behind your pen name? Um, well, it's it's rather boring, unfortunately, because it is my real name. So um, okay. SC is, is, is my initial. So I, I chose not to go with a pen name because it's um, Gowland is quite an unusual surname not very common where I live. So um, I figured that it would give me a, a it, it would probably stand out more than, than other names I could have gone with. What is, did you realize that you're good in writing? Um, I'm, well, it's, it's a, it, it's a constant battle to be honest with you that all writers have that they, they, they have days that where they think they're wonderful writers and days when they think they're not quite as good as they think they are. So um, I just, I, I reached a point having read some really wonderful books by some really amazing authors. Um, and I also read some terrible books by some not very good writers in my opinion. So I, I decided to, go with if they were willing to publish books that I, I thought to be quite terrible um, that I could do better. So um, I kind of plucked up the courage in 2020 to release my first book um, based on the, the belief that I could match them and if not do better than some of the books that I'd, I'd been reading within that, that lockdown period. So it was, it was kind of a, a culmination of 15, 20 years of um, having an ambition of writing a book um, and just eventually deciding to go with the self-publishing route rather than um, trying to attempt to, to go through the traditional publishing houses. Um, I figured that I, I was good enough, I'd, I'd written enough, I'd taken, taken enough classes, I'd read enough books to, to have a, a fairly decent idea of what I, what I thought was, was good. Um, and I decided that that I could do better. So that, that was very much my motivation for getting started. Who influenced you in your writing? Well, um, if, if we're going back to the very, very early days, and I, I speak as a, as a man in middle age, um, David Gemming and David Gemmel and uh, David Eddings um, were very much my, my gateway fantasy authors into the genre. Um, I, I read them voraciously. Um, everything they they wrote, I read um, many many times um, during my teenage years, um, and they they completely hit the spot. They they were exactly what I wanted. They transported me to wonderful worlds with magic and dragons and monsters and and peril and excitement and adventures. 
um, and politics, and they, they were just absolutely wonderful books. Um, I've got to say that I haven't reread them since that period of time, partly because I don't want to go back and spoil them. They, they have a certain magic and a certain nostalgia that I don't want to um, to go over go over them again with with perhaps a, a wiser set of eyes um, to see how because I would inevitably start to look at how they were built, what the good bits were, and, and unfortunately see some of the, the the worst bits and some of the joins as well. So I'll I'll, I'll keep the David Eddings and the David Gemmels of this world to one side. Um, as far as my my sort of my current fantasy writing heroes. Um, Joe Abercrombie is my absolute favourite. He is um, a genius as far as I'm concerned. He can do absolutely no wrong. He um, he and George R. R. Martin um, completely changed the way that I, I thought fantasy books could be written from the point of view that you can kill main characters, you know, that are very well established without any kind of warning whatsoever. Um, I suppose one of the things that you, I grew up getting used to was that heroes didn't die. Um, but the one thing that Joe Abercrombie and George R. Martin have, have kind of completely turned on their head are that you can kill absolutely anybody for any reason at any time at all. Um, Joe Abercrombie's book, Best Served Cold, is the single best fantasy book I've ever read. Um, I've read it a dozen times and no matter, even though I know what's coming and I know what's going to happen, I still notice things that I missed um, first time around. So it, I discovered with Joe Abercrombie in particular, it was possible to write vivid, epic worlds full of magic and heroes and villains and evil deeds and wonderful deeds, um, but with humour and humility and heart and, and darkness and brutality. Um, he... he He's a complete hero of mine. So I, I met him at a book signing a couple of years ago and he, he was absolutely wonderful. Um, as far as my other writing heroes at the moment, Anthony Ryan is a, is a huge influence. Um, I only discovered him over the last two years or so, um, but his books have been, have been quite a revelation. Um, to be honest, from the point of view of the depth and the language and the, the breadth of, of his writing from the point of view of there's a huge amount of detail captured in a, a very small amount of words. Um, Philip C. Quaintrell is a UK-based fantasy author, again self-published. Um, he's done incredibly well um, with, his, with his series, um, and his books, again, have a, a simplicity to them that appeals and makes them very accessible. Um, most people think that writing easy books or simple books is easy. It isn't. Um, it's very very difficult thing to be able to do to to capture um a scene and a and a feeling and an atmosphere in in very few words um other people that have influenced me and whose books i like uh, v schwab um the invisible life of adi larue was was absolutely my favorite book of the year before last um just wonderful depth characterization a real treat um patrick rothfuss um wonderful wonderful books um i do hope he does finish the trilogy and release that third book um he's he's been one of those one of those authors that i i thought i had to read and and so i did i am ashamed to say that i've never read a jr tolkien book um and there's there's reasons behind that but 
again, it may just be that the films have a special place in my heart and, and I don't wish to, uh, to go over the original source material. There are also a number of other independent fantasy authors that I've, I've grown to love. Um, Mark Stay is one particular author who, who's written rather wonderful books. Um, the End of Magic being um, one book that really took me by surprise, a, a book that basically took on the premise of what if in a world of magic, magic ceased to exist. Um, two other authors, Mike Shackle, who, who released a fantastic series um, beginning with We Are the Dead, um, wonderful and again gm white is a, another fantasy author who oh, i've actually got to know through my writing group who has written a number of wonderful books including the swordsman's lament and the swordsman's descent and um, just wonderful books right across the board and um many others that i've probably neglected to to remember mr Golland, if you describe their writing or styles of writing in one word, what is it? It's 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 one of those things that the my, my writing style generally is fun. Um, I, I want to convey sort of a a book that you can pick up and and get something from a book that that will not depress you, will not be taken too seriously. A book that you you can just have fun reading. Yes, definitely. So, who encourages you? To do your writing who encouraged me um and a number of people to be honest with you there was um my members of my family and um, particularly my wife um encouraged me to do it um there was a sort of a, a period of time where I, I i took writing classes i i took a number of writing classes but never actually did anything at the end of them um so in in, in some respects i had a 15, 20 years of, of wasted opportunity. I did actually write the original character list for, for my, my main trilogy while I was in college. Um, and it was left in a, a drawer for 20 odd years um, until I rediscovered it. And that, that combined with the COVID lockdown um, gave me sort of no more reasons not to get on with it. So that, that was kind of the main thing, along with an element of wanting to prove that I could actually do it both to myself, but also that I could write a book to people that perhaps doubted that I could. So um, spite is, is quite a good motivator on occasion. Very well said, Mr. Golland. So talk about your award-winning novel? Well, I, I hope it will be award-winning, Daniel. It's not <laughs> quite there yet. But um, yes, Delusions and Dragons is, is in essence, is, is The Hobbit meets Jumanji. Um, the blurb on the back is, um, Tasha Stone is on the verge of her dream promotion and a better life, but there's one thing holding her back, her husband. Gary Stone thinks he's got it all, including a perfect marriage. He's a modern man, a king of video games, scared of nothing, all from the comfort, comfort of his sofa. When Gary forgets Tasha's birthday, two mysterious shopkeepers offer him a lifeline, a magical jeweled necklace. 
but when the necklace cracks an ancient magic transports Gary and Tasha to the mysterious mystical world of Pavia and right into the clutches of the evil queen Cadence Moonfall. Can the hapless couple survive the perils of this strange world to find a way home? Can they fight separation, monsters and romantic adversaries to find a way back to each other? After all, without love, there is no magic. Um, Delusions and Dragons is, is a bit of a departure from what I've been writing um, in that this is outside of the the main universe that i've been writing in it is it is based within that world but there are no characters that i've that i've written before there were certain things that i wanted to to do with this book from the point of view of exploring people out of their depth um people in in circumstances that were they were not used to which i suppose is the classic hero or heroine's journey um, the original idea was actually based on a, a conversation I had with my wife in a very long car journey relating to um, what if people were transported into a world that they, they didn't understand and they had no control over. Could, could, in theory, could you leave your modern life with mobile phones and the internet and cars and be transported back to a, a world of magic and, and swords and sorcery? Um, I also wanted to make it a fun, funny book, a humorous book, um, but I also wanted it to have a bit of depth. So obviously, as you can hear from the, the, the blurb on the back of the book, um, Gary and Tasha are having problems of their own. So there is an element of seeing how a, a couple that were not particularly fond of each other at that time could deal again with the extra stress of going to a magical world and having to deal with all of the, the wonderful problems that lie therein. Um, it is the most enjoyable book I've, I've written so far. Um, I was able to reach the 88,000 words within about three months, which is a bit of a record. Um, my main aim was to make sure that I got into SPFBO 9. Um, that was always my intention because it is, it's a competition that I have entered before with my first book, which did reach the semi-finals of SPFBO 6. Um, and this was a book that I just felt I had to write. Um, it, it is probably the, the one that I found the, the hardest to write um, from the point of view of I, I knew what the final paragraph was going to be, but I didn't know how I was going to get there. So it's been quite a journey going through um, the the adventures that Gary and Tasha have gone through because you 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 get both points of view. You get Gary's on on his wife and Tasha's on her husband, and they're both um, he's an idiot and she's an idiot in in their own special way. So there's all of these different things to deal with as well as a um, 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 an evil presence within the world that is uh, determined to to get what they want so um i did find this book very difficult to write but there were certain parts of it that f came from nowhere um particularly the involvement of some of the uh, the the bad guys the the goblins that uh, serve the evil queen um i found them a huge amount of fun to write because I was able to just go with whatever my mind wanted to do. Um, I didn't plot it. I, I very much wrote it straight out of my head. Um, and I'm, I'm very, very proud of it. And I, I, and I hope that people who read it will, will enjoy it.
Interesting, Mr. Golan. So, Delusions and Dragons, what behind the title of your novel? Well, um, it's it's a play on words because normally um, to do with fantasy books and and normally the game that most people associate with that genre is is Dungeons and Dragons. But um, obviously, I can't use that for copyright purposes. But <laughs> um, the the delusion side of thing partly comes down to the the delusions of the 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 stories that we tell ourselves and the things that we believe and that some things that we don't believe to be delusional actually are. So it, it was a nice, a nice way of, of having a snappy title, but also getting across that it is, is related, it is related to the delusions of modern life and the stories that we tell ourselves. And also there are dragons within the book. Yes, indeed, dragons, people. Mr. Goland, uh, before we go on, I want to shout out to the people listening to my top countries according to my Apple chart. In Uganda, I got 35 spot, Rwanda at 50 spot, Tanzania at 56, Zambia at 101. Mongolia at number 14, Libya at 14, Algeria at 15, Denmark at 18, Romania at number 44, Cameroon at number 66, United Arab Emirates at 109, Canada at 111, Hong Kong at 142, South Africa at 150, Georgia at 190, Jordan at 192, and Uganda at 224. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast because this podcast is created to empower writers all over the world like Mr. Asi Garland. Thank you very much for your time, Daniel. No worries, Mr. Garland. This This podcast is for you. So Delusions and Dragons, how did you craft it? Um, I, I crafted it from a, from a, from a single idea, um, from the point of view of how 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 would a married couple cope um, in a strange land, and the the general the general premise of the idea is that they they are completely out of their depth because they know absolutely nothing. Um, they are both clever people or they consider themselves to be clever um but as soon as you put yourself in a a a different world you discover that you actually know very very little so um i wanted to combine that with the, the the humorous elements of how would you adapt if you if you were put in that world would you react in the way that you think you would um or would you would you actually be far more useless at it than you thought you would be um unfortunately for gary gary stone within the book believes that he can deal with anything but it quickly becomes apparent that he can't um equally his his wife is a high-powered businesswoman who is used to getting her own way and being in control and unfortunately when she's transported to pavia um she's has no control over anything not even her husband so the it is it is a um, odd couple in a magical world, um, but the premise, like I say, is a, is about the this, the things that we believe to be true that actually are not. Interesting about the main Right. Um, as far as it goes, all all authors say that 
the characters within their books are not based on themselves. Um, that is never always true. Um, what <laughs> I can say is that, that Gary is a little bit based on myself um, in that he is a bit of an idiot, but um, he's, he's also a good guy at heart. Um, he wants the best things, but he doesn't always go about it in the best way. Um, he's, he's quite a, a, a fun guy. Um, he believes that he's he has he's got things settled around him that his his life is perfect um but as as becomes obvious within the first couple of chapters that is not the case um because his his wife um is a very demanding high, woman of high standards who who believes that she's not getting um a, a fair it's not a fair marriage and that she's not getting everything that she wants to get out of it so um tasha is very much a woman that is driven by wanting the best in life um wanting the best houses the best fashions um the best of everything that she can get because she feels that she deserves it um that that whole premise is challenged because um, as as there's one phrase within the book that I particularly liked, when you have everything you appreciate nothing, but when you have nothing you appreciate everything. So um, the book is partly about re testing Gary's belief about himself, but also testing Tasha's attachment to um what she believes to be important from the point of view of of um objects and possessions and um status in life so um they're a good couple they were they were good to write um huge amount of fun to write um but yes definitely a book that challenged both the main characters and me as a writer delusions and dragons what is the best highlight um without going into spoilers i the there is a there's a scene midway through the book when um they receive a little help from a an unlikely source um and there's a particularly funny scene that i really enjoyed the probably the most fun scene that i enjoyed writing relating to how they um because they they Gary turns up in in his pajamas and uh, Tasha turns up having just left the gym, um, and obviously you can't go into a fantasy world fighting dragons and goblins with a with a bottle of water and a uh, and a towel from the gym. So there is a, a very fun um, scene within the book about how they choose their equipment and how they want to look and feel and, and get transported around the land of Pavia. Um, that, that was probably the most fun scene to write. There was also a scene at the end um, when everything comes together and, and obviously there's a big final confrontation. Again, that was a huge amount of fun to write. Um, and there were certain things that I weren't, I wasn't expecting to uh, to play a role in the in the final confrontation that actually do, and and there's one or two surprises as well. Indeed, interesting, uh, Mr. God. So, uh, thank you, Player FM, for being the number five best book podcast. Thank you so much for including me on the list and on my fourth season. This will be better and better and better. 
So, Mr. Garland, are you indie traditional publishing? Um, I'm independently published. All all five books have been independently published. Um, it's been a challenge, but um, I have complete control over everything. So if it goes great, it's my I I get the credit. But equally, if it doesn't go great, all the blame lands on me. But so far, so good. So far, so good. That's awesome. So what are the pros and cons of being in the office? Um, the, the pros and cons are, um, like I say, if, if it doesn't work, it's all on you. There's nobody else to blame. Um, but equally, if things go well, um, you, 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 you can pat yourself on the back and, and tell yourself a job well done. The, the main thing is control. As, a, as, a, as, a, as an indie author, you have control over everything, the timing, the schedule, the look of your, uh, your covers, the blurb. Um, the the downsides are that you you can't give it to other people to do because um, I've I do like creative control of things so all of the covers that I've I've had for all five books have been down to designs that I've wanted um, and I'm very very pleased with them I discovered a, an amazing company called Get Covers who are based in Ukraine who have have been able to produce all five covers. Um, over the internet within a couple of days. And, and that that was a really a huge step forwards because prior to that, I'd, I'd created covers myself, which were okay, but not as good as I wanted them to be. Um, the main pros of being a independently based author are that the, there's a huge community and there's help everywhere if you know where to look. The one thing that definitely did help me was I, I joined a, um, a an online writing community um, based on a another on a podcast called the Bestseller Experiment. Um, this this podcast really boosted my confidence, made me believe that I could actually do and achieve what I wanted to do. Um, I also got into Joe Abercrombie after listening to him on that podcast. Um, it was it was it was a, a monumental moment to believe that I could actually do these things. Um, the difficult part is that I have to set my own deadlines, but there's a there's a flexibility in that, in that I can move them if I need to, because life does get in the way sometimes. But equally, if I choose to to release five books in a year, if I can, if equally if I choose to publish one book a year, I can. Um, I'm accountable to nobody but myself. Um, although there are one or two people that are waiting for books to come out, which which is kind of nice. Um, but overall, being independently published, I found to be a very liberating and empowering experience. What is your message for those aspiring writers to publish their books or a story? Um, my my first piece of write first first piece of advice is write the book, finish it. It doesn't matter what state you finish it in, as long as you finish it. Anybody can say that they want to write a book, but only a small percentage of people actually complete the book. Even if you finish it and it's not up to the standard you want it to be, you finished it. You can go back at your own leisure and make it better. You can edit it, you can improve it, you can add things, you can take things out, but you cannot edit an, a blank page. 
Um, if you've got a, a book written in a rush, um, then you've still got a book that you can edit at the end. If you have a blank page and you don't actually do the writing, there is nothing for you to edit. So my my main advice would be to writers is just get you get your backside in the chair and put the time and the effort in because your book will not write itself. You, you need to put the time and the effort in, but you should enjoy what you're writing and you should write the book that you want to write rather than writing the book that you think other people would like to read. Um, because at the end of the day, you have to, to write a book and go over it again. So why make the task harder reading um, a genre of book perhaps that is not your favorite so um yeah my main piece of advice would be find get the book finished but also find your writing community very well said mr goland what are your struggles in writing delusions and dragons um the the, the hardest part was as as i say daniel it was I knew how I how the book started, and I knew the the final two or three lines of the book. Um, I I wanted to make sure that I made the book interesting and fun and not too serious and dark. The one thing that made it harder was that I knew that I had a deadline I had to meet, um, which was to get it all done and edited and in 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 the best shape that it could be in time to be entered into the self-published fantasy blog off um, SPFB09, because the the competition for the places for the 300 books within that competition is has got a lot harder. You've got far more people entering it. Um, and I, I knew what I wanted to do with this book roughly, but it, it's sometimes sitting there and staring at a screen can be quite intimidating. Um, what I did do within this book was I gave myself a general direction and, and an end point from the point of view of how the book would finish. Um, the difficulty was how, how I, how, what were the adventures that they would have on that journey? Um, and sometimes they were quite easy. And other times, I, I must admit, I did struggle with certain bits about how, how I was, how they were going to, uh, make their way through the book and, and for it to be interesting and fun and um, that sort of thing. But I'd, I've certainly learned a lot about myself as a writer, having written Delusions and Dragons in such a short period of time. Um, but I think I'm better for it because I understand my writing style better. I tended to write first thing in the morning, um, get up at five o'clock in the morning and, and do a couple of hours. Um, I was actually able to get about about um, 1,500 to 2,000 words written every morning. So the word count went up steadily every single day. And the good thing was that I, because I did it first thing in the morning, I didn't have to come home from work and then face this prospect of having to write um, a couple of thousand words when I'm, when I'm tired and I want to go to bed and have a cup of tea. So um, the, another tip would be find a find a time for writing that suits you best. Um, writing first thing in the morning for me definitely worked best um, because it means that I've got it out of the way and then I can have my breakfast. Delusions and Dragons, is there a sequel or prequel? Um, there may be a sequel. Um, but not at the moment. I've 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 got other projects that I've I've 
kind of a, decided that I want to do next. Um, so that there may be a a sequel to Delusions and Dragons in the future, but not for a little while yet. I've got um, the next trilogy within the Souls Abyss universe to do. Um, the next trilogy is going to be called Masks of Anarchy. Um, I've actually got the, the cover for the book done already. Um, the book is called The Midnight Warriors, um, and I'm hoping to have it out by by the end of this year. So Delusions and Dragons is good for a series or a motion picture? Um, I think it would be good for a motion picture. I think it would be better as a film than as a... Mine, I, I don't... I think, I think it could do either, to be honest, Daniel. I think it would make a good film... Um, but I think it would actually make quite a good Netflix series. So if if they want to get in touch and turn it into a mini series, I'd be more than happy to talk to them about it. Definitely. So before we go on, I'm inviting you to listen to my other podcast, Food 101 on our third season with Chef Alessandro, one of the best executive chef in one of the best restaurants in downtown Toronto. Plus one more, Comedy 101. Please do listen to our first episode. If Book 101 Review is empowering writers all over the world, Comedy 101 will empower comedians all over the world to give you laughter because laughter is the best medicine. Gola, can you please invite our listeners to buy all your boots? Welcome, people. See you soon.